You're listening to the Passion Church Podcast. We believe that today's message will help you thrive in your relationship with Jesus as you follow Him. We'll be back after the podcast with more information. And now, today's message from Pastor Scott Brown, right here at Passion Church. Hey, Passion Church, how are you doing today? Guess where I am? I'm going to tell you, but be, before you start saying, hey, where's that good-looking teacher we had last week? You're stuck with me again. Amen. We had a good time with the Tetros last week, but I am right now. Christine and I are in Mexico with friends on a vacation that we had set up a long time ago and we were still able to go. So they're all at the beach in the sunshine, but I'm here with you and this is a choice that I made. I would rather be here with you guys right now discussing the things of God. And I'm not saying that to puff myself up, but I really would because this is my joy. This is my heart and soul. And I, I love you guys. So got a cool message for you today here from Cancun, Mexico. And this message is called circumstantial evidence circumstantial evidence you ever maybe been to a trial or definitely watched a movie or a show on television where they talked about the evidence is circumstantial <clears throat> which means it represents the circumstance well all evidence is is circumstantial it's whether it's true and finite that honestly matters but all evidence is circumstantial. That's a pretty bold statement, and I'm sure if you're a lawyer, you could argue with me, and I'm sure if you did, I would care. Um, what I mean by that is this. All evidence is circumstantial because evidence is that which can be seen or felt or touched. And that which can be seen, honestly, is a result of that which is, has been believed and that which has been said, that which has been spoken for, that which has been proclaimed. Circum stance, and I've said this to many of you before, circumstance, two words there. Circum means circle. Stance is, means it's not moving, it's around you. So it's that which is around you. Amen. It's sort of settled there. You're in the midst of this circumstance. Amen. Is, circumstance is always totally in our control. Because by changing the atmosphere around us with the words of our mouth, we change the circumstance. The greatest, not the greatest, but one of the coolest um, examples of that I ever saw or heard was I was at a conference years ago, and this minister that I knew got in an elevator at the hotel. And he said, he got in there, and you, as you walked in, you could sense the tension in the elevator. And people were kind of cringing away from this one rather large guy in the elevator who was cursing, screaming bloody murder, annoyed about something. And rather than be intimidated, this minister of the gospel got on the elevator and looked at him like, and the guy looked at him like, what? This minister of the gospel, while this guy was still screaming and cursing, began praising God at the top of his lungs. Started screaming, hallelujah, praise you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. I give you glory. I give you honor. I magnify your great name, King of kings, Lord of lords. The other guy stopped almost immediately and looked shaken and ashen. And he said to him, 
what, what are you doing? And the man simply said, well, you were praising your God, so I figured I'd praise mine. But it ended it. It changed the circumstance completely because he created an atmosphere that the enemy couldn't work in. You can create an atmosphere that the enemy cannot work in by the words of your mouth. When our words are in agreement with his, he enforces that. People say, oh, you're using God's word to get what you want. You cannot abuse God's word. You cannot take advantage of God with his own word. He said very plainly, you know, people are always scared about people prospering by twisting God's word, which is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. There are so many safeguards built into the word of God. You can't use it for your own purposes. You can't use it for your own means. If you see someone trying to do that, pray for them. Feel bad for them because they're going to fail miserably. The word of God very plainly says, you have not because you ask not. Or when you do ask, you ask amiss. You ask completely wrong. You ask for your own, you know, your own benefit, for your own means, to your own end. That's covered. He said, if you're doing that, you won't receive. So don't worry about somebody twisting and using God's word because they can't. They're just making a fool out of themselves. Pray that they'll, they'll get hip to what they're doing and stop. Amen. But you can change the atmosphere around you instantly by using God's word as it's meant to be used, by representing God in that situation. You change the atmosphere, and when you do, the circumstance changes. It's like the difference between facts and truth. A fact is not a truth. A fact is today is, is Friday. Tomorrow that will no longer be true. If I get up tomorrow and say, well, it's Friday, it's not. Because the truth is it'll be Saturday. Truth is immutable. It never changes. Facts change all the time. There are libraries full of books all over the world, full of things that were once considered facts, now known not to be. Facts are temporary. Circumstance is temporary. Facts may represent a circumstance, but truth will blow it out of the water. Are you getting something out of this? Something inside of you should be lighting up right now. You should be getting excited. I am. So we could change the atmosphere around us by changing the words of our mouth, uh, by coming into agreement with that which God has declared about us and our situation. Here's how this happens. Let me show you a good example of this. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says this, The promises of God in him, well, who's the in him? Jesus. We're in him. We're in Christ Jesus. The promises are in Christ Jesus. The promises are his. The promises are ours. We are one with him. But all those promises are yes and amen. They're yes. It's a two-part thing. Amen. The yes was his part. There's things God has already said yes to concerning us forever, eternally. But it's up to us to say amen. It's up to us to say so be it. We do that by agreeing with what he's already said, by proclaiming what he's already said in the midst of the circumstance, thus changing the atmosphere, thus changing the circumstance. Are you getting this? We need to be speaking his word into these situations. For all the promises of God. How many of the promises? All. All the promises of God. This is not about getting stuff. This is about already having stuff. Do you understand what I'm saying? You've already got these promises. We're not trying to talk God into something. This was his idea. And this is where we're to operate. Within his realm, within his reasoning. You know, the word of God says when you do something in his name. What that means is you're doing what he would do the way he would do it in the circumstance he would do it in. Amen? Anyway. For all the promises of God... 
in him are yes and in him amen to the glory of God through us it is us who bring God the glory by saying amen to the promise he's already said yes to God says yes to a principle we say so be it which is amen and that brings him glory and in our speaking that forth and insisting on it and refusing to be moved that circumstance changes we're taking something that's already ours and bringing it into the realm around us and we have the right the god-given right to do that amen we're to bring heaven to earth we're to show how things really are by insisting on having it here on this earth you want to do something someday do a someday soon do a search with your concordance and if you have an electronic bible it's really easy search in him in the new testament find out who you are in him it's going to tell you in him you're this in him you're that in him you can do this in him it it, it will straighten you right up because it's all true amen and when you begin to realize who and what you are in him you begin to speak like who and what you are in him when you begin to speak like who you what uh, who you are and what you are in him it changes everything around you it becomes evident and, and, and that's cool because then you stop trying to do witnessing and you become a witness you be a witness rather than trying to do witnessing the witnessing is 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 it's not a bad thing it just doesn't produce much being a witness when someone can come up to you and say how, how did that happen why why is everybody else a mess and you're fine why is everybody depressed and you're fine why is everybody crazy about the election and you're you're not that's being a witness i've gone to the bank and and i walked up to the teller and she said i i know you want to make a deposit but the computer's down. And I could see she'd been through this all day and had to explain it to people, and she was fed up with even explaining it. And I said, I said, it's okay, it'll come back up. And she said, what? I said, it's okay, it'll come back up, right? She said to me, because she had dealt with me a bunch of times, she said, why are you like this? Why are you upbeat? Why are you optimistic? Now, see, that may have sounded like one question to you, but to me, it sounded like, why don't you preach the gospel in the lobby of the bank? Which is what I did. I spent 20 minutes explaining why I was upbeat. Of course, I had to start at the beginning. And I had a small crowd gathered around me. I had a Xerox repairman, he had been working on their copier, who stopped in mid-step going across the room with his tools in his hand. And he was still there 20 minutes later listening. And then I finished. And by then, I think the computer was even back up. And we just finished everything off. I had an invite. I had an invite to preach the gospel. Why, why are you so upbeat? Let me tell you. But let me tell you it all. Hallelujah. Do search on in him. But anyway, promises of God, all the promises of God in him are yes and amen. The yes is God's part. The amen, the so be it, is our, is our part. Amen? The so be it is our part. James 1, 5 through 6 says this in the Amplified. If any of you is deficient in wisdom, and let me tell you, we are, okay? Don't be sitting there saying, I wonder if that's me. It's you. It's me too. If any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the giving God who gives to everyone. Anybody not part of that group? Anyone not a part of the everyone group? Gives to everyone liberally. He came life to you, may have it abundantly, liberally, actually, I think the word there is superfluously, which means too much. He came, you might have too much life. Jesus was big about too much. 
If you don't think Jesus was the God of too much, if you, I, I sometimes wonder, I'll take this the wrong way, I think he sometimes he was compulsive in some ways because when you ask Jesus for a fish and he tells you to throw your net over and you come back with broken nets and they can't even halt in the boat, this is a God of overdue, and I love it. But superfluously, he gave us, he gave us life, he wanted us to have it superfluously. He gives everyone, if any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the giving God who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly, without reproach or fault finding, and it will be given him. You can't say that God plays favorites. You can't say God's saying, not you, ugly, <laughs> or me, ugly. You know what I'm saying? He's not going to disqualify us. God does not disqualify us. We sometimes disqualify ourselves, and I'll show you how. But, you know, you can't say that God plays favorites because he doesn't. Amen? Now, he may have favorites. Don't throw stuff at me. He may have favorites. I don't know. But he doesn't exclude because of it. I remember him saying David was a man after his own heart. I don't remember him saying that about a lot of other people. <laughs> okay? So... He may have favorites, but he doesn't play favorites. He's an equal opportunity blesser. Amen. He's an equally opportunity salvation giver. There is a principle involved, though, that, that has to be met, and it's verse 6. Verse 5 said, If any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the giving God who gives to everyone liberally, ungrudgingly, without reproaching or fault finding, and it will be. Not it might be. It will be given to him only... Here it is. It must be in faith that he asks with no wavering, no hesitating, no doubting. For the one who wavers or hesitates in doubt is like the billowing surge out at sea that is blown hither and thither and tossed by the wind. How often do you get to use hither and thither in a, in a sentence? It's been hours for me. Anyway, a wave that blows back and forth out at sea will take your boat nowhere. You know, two steps forward, two steps backwards. Two steps to the right, two steps to the left. You're back in the same spot. Hebrews 11:6 6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please him, be satisfactory to him. For whoever would come near to God must necessarily, out of necessity, believe that God exists, number one, he exists. If he doesn't exist, why are you going? Before I even got saved, I knew he existed. I just didn't know why because it didn't seem to be of any benefit to me. Um... And that's another story for another day. But he, number one, you must believe that God exists. And he is the rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For whoever would come near to God, you got to believe he exists. And you have to believe he's a rewarder. See, a lot of us believe he exists, but what's he gonna, why would he do anything for me? Because you said he would. And it's not that he's going to do something for you. It's that he's already done something for you. And, and when you're on the plan he has for your life, you don't have to follow it. But when you are on that road, that path that he's put you on, it's not about you chasing after things. It's about you chasing after his plan, staying on course. And everything you need for life and godliness is on that course. And a lot of extra stuff that you wouldn't believe he'd do for you. But he does all the time. It's all on that path. It's not chasing that. It's, it's chasing after him. And it's not that he's avoiding you because he's not. It's following him and finding out everything you need to follow him and for life and for godliness. It's right there on that path. Why do, why do some people get a lot more from God? They probably follow a whole lot better. Again, he doesn't have favorites, but he has those that, that, that follow better. And you can see it in their lives. And 
rather than try harder to follow him, a lot of people just figure, I'll just start complaining about it instead. And, and that's the wind being blown back and forth. Your boat's going nowhere, sweetie. Yeah, anyway. It's faith that produces the promises that God has already made to us. It, it makes them evident in our lives, not only to us, but to other people. Faith is the amen to the yes that God has already spoken. Okay? I'm going to wrap this up. There's more to this, but we got, we got forever, so don't worry. If you can't separate the yes from the amen, the yes was God's part, the amen's our part. If those are inseparable, then you can't break the promise. The promise can't be broken. And listen, God is not going to change his mind about his yes. So you need not to change your mind about your so be it, your amen, that, that's answering his yes. The enemy tries to get us to waver in our amen to his already guaranteed yes. The promise is already made, and he is not a man, and he should lie. He made it in honesty and sincerity. If you hang on to his yes by the means of your amen, you will see the manifestation. And I wish we had another word for that, but it works. You will see them. If you hang on to his yes by your amen, you will see the manifestation of the promise in this realm, in your life, and so will others. And in order for you to do that, in order to hang on to your Amen. His yes, you're going to have to disagree with a whole lot of other things. You're going to have to disagree with the circumstances. You're going to have to disagree with a lot of people. Um, you're going to have to disagree with distractions. You're going to have to ignore every argument that tries to convince you. Otherwise, casting down vain imaginations, vain imagination being anything that would argue with God. This is what you're going to have to do. But we don't waste our time arguing. We just speak the truth in love. See, it's not a matter of, you spend, you know, the devil would love for you to spend all your time trying to cast down, you know, uh, I don't agree with that, and I don't do this, and I don't do that, and I don't believe that. There's no power in that. The power is in not in not believing. The power is in what you do believe in. When Satan confronted Jesus in the wilderness, Jesus didn't say, I don't believe that, I don't believe that, that's not true, I doubt that. No, what he said is what God said. He was giving his, his amen to God's yes in his word. That's what we do. And in that situation, we create an atmosphere the enemy and his nonsense can't stay in. It doesn't disempower him because he doesn't have any power. Because all power in heaven and earth has been given unto him. What it does, it, it keeps him from using the dominion that unbelievers also have in, in your life. Everyone here has dominion because we're all men. And dominion has been given unto men and not taken back. But not everybody here has power. Only those who are sons and daughters of the Most High God have power to go with the dominion, and the power manifests when we operate in agreement with what he has already established. <sighs> Holy Spirit's good. I'm sounding smarter than I actually am. Don't be impressed. Anyway, so we have to ignore, we have to disagree, we have to... Things that argue with what God has already said about the situation. If you don't let go, if you don't let go of your amen, you'll win every time. Every single time. Part of that amen is counting it all joy in the process. And I'd love to tell you about counting it all joy. Maybe next week we will. I have a lot of testimonies to that. Things that I've seen the supernatural happen so many times. Just because I was in a miserable circumstance and decided to count it all joy and watched it change. I watched it change. Maybe I'll give you one now. A lot of you have heard this story, many of you haven't. Years back, I was in um, a Subaru station wagon that my mom had given my wife and I. And we were down the Jersey Shore, and um, 
You know, it's really funny. Uh, I don't have road rage, and I'm better than I used to be, but sometimes I get annoyed on the highway. And this was one of those times when <coughs> the light turned green, and the guy who was three cars ahead of us at the head just didn't go. And everybody's blowing a horn, and now he's deciding that no one's going to make him go. And, of course, I was the one who didn't get through the light turned yellow and then read very quickly, and I had to sit through another long light. And I wanted just to hit something like the dashboard, you know, or something like that. But I sort of controlled myself and sort of didn't control myself completely. I know none of you guys have ever experienced this. But I, I tapped, literally, with, with my fist, but it was like, like this, just, and I wanted to just go, bam, and punch the seat cushion and the seat next to me, but my wife was in there, so. Um, and you can already see what she did to me. You know, and that was not it for that. No, I'm only kidding. But I, I just went to the windshield, and I just went, man, like that. And the entire windshield spider up, and I just went, <laughs> it was like insult about injury. <laughs> I already got sick of the light, and now I got the spider up a windshield. And I did it, and I know I gotta own it. And I'm like, what I'm really upset about Besides the fact that I got to buy the windshield, is I did this, and you can't get rid of anything. You have to own something to get rid of it. You know, you could, you, you'll, you'll be there with the aggravation to it. You say, "God, I did this. Forgive me." And then it goes, and he'll make a way. So he, I did, and he made a way. And we, we came home, and I tried to get it fixed that week, and it was Fourth of July weekend coming up. So I found this guy not too far from my house who did windshields, you know, other things. So I called him up, made an appointment for Friday at. 11 o'clock in the morning. And this was a Friday of, of um, Fourth of July weekend. And, you know, New Jersey's big beach, beach day. Everybody's going down to shore. So I come whipping in there with my Subaru and my wife's in the other car following me so she can pick me up while we drop it off. And I get my keys and I come out and I go into the, up to the desk and there's a girl behind the counter and I said, hey, I'm Scott Brown, I'm here. Got my keys there. I said, here, drop off my Subaru. And the owner, the guy I took on the phone is behind the counter over to my left and he goes, are, are, you, are you the guy at Subaru? I said, yes, I am. He said, uh, I, I don't even think your windshield came in, man. He said, I don't even think it came in. And at this point, I have a choice. I can get upset and say, why didn't you call me and do all that stuff? Or I can count it all joy. So I decided to count it all joy. And I'm, under my breath, I'm just going, God, I'm counting this all joy. And I got this smile on my face. You know the smile you have to put on your face when you're really upset? So I'm like, this. And he said, I, I really don't think he came in, man. He said, I'll go check for you. And I watched him go out, and I could see him go outside, and he went over, and he was just hanging with the mechanics, talking a little bit, and he came back in. He didn't look at anything. He came back in, he said, yeah, I don't think it's here, man. So I just smiled. I'm not going to say anything, because the minute I say something wrong, I lose. So the best I could do was count it all joy at that moment. So I just kept smiling. And he said, Listen, he said, you don't, you, you don't understand. He said, all my mechanics called in sick. He said, and they're not sick. They're on their way down the beach for the 4th of July weekend. And he said, and I'm supposed to operate in this mess. And he's getting angry. And the girl is like this. And I'm, I want to go. So he's just carrying on. And, and I'm smiling my stupid smile, you know, because I'm counting it all joy. Lord, I'm counting it all joy. I'm counting it all joy. I'm counting it all joy. And he goes, look, I don't know what to tell you. He said, um, he said, I'll go check again. And he came outside, and I saw him actually go in the building and come back this time. And he said, you know, it, it's here. I don't have anyone to put it in today. I could maybe get it in for you over the weekend. Just smiling. 
Captain Old Joy. Turns around, he spun around and came back and he goes, give me the keys, give me the keys. He's mad. I give him the keys to the Subaru. He goes, now it takes the car. He put my windshield in it 20 minutes and I left. Now why did that happen? Normally that's not what would happen. Why did that happen? Because I changed the atmosphere in the room and, and by counting it all joy, by agreeing with the principle of God's. I refuse to say anything negative. I refuse to argue with the negative. I just worked from the positive side. You can't change anything from the negative side. I worked from the positive side, and I just counted it all joy. And that was the best I could do at that point. I, but I just sat there smiling. And 20 minutes later, I was driving away with my windshield in, in and my keys in my hand. And I learned an enormous truth that day. And I employ that all the time now. Whenever I get into a tight spot that looks like it's not going to work out for me, I just tell God I'm counting this all joy. And sometimes I say nothing because we all know the first one who speaks loses. <laughs> but I just smiled. And what I did was I kept my amen to his yes. He promised he'd give me favor with man. That's what I'm thinking. You said you give me favor with man, I'm going to count this all joy. Here's how I'm doing that today, God. Look at my smile. You need to apply these things in your life. You need to let God be God and watch the devil run and flee. Don't let go. You win every time. Amen. Love you. See you next week.